Hi, this is Tom from The Happiness Quotient. Thank you for clicking on this episode. If you've chosen to listen to some of my first episodes, 60 or so, they were created before I changed the name to The Happiness Quotient. Don't be confused if you hear my voice welcoming you to Baker Street with Tom Pollard or if you hear me referencing my YouTube channel, Everest Mystery, you're still in the right place. Until I'm a big star and can hire an editor and producer to change every episode to reflect the platform, my gut tells me you'll be okay with hearing Baker Street or Everest Mystery when you click on an episode to The Happiness Quotient. It's all me. So let's just consider us one big happy family where we all learn together brought here by our common interests and our desire to create a better world one episode at a time. I love you. Thank you. Now to the episode. Welcome to Baker Street with Tom Pollard. That's who I am, Tom Pollard. Why did I call this thing Baker Street? Some people have asked me. I did cover it in one of my earlier podcasts. But Baker Street is where Sherlock Holmes, the character, resided. And what people would do is they would come to him with mysterious unsolved crimes, murders and and thefts and all sorts of really cool stories of intrigue and deceit. And Sherlock Holmes would unravel the mystery by asking pithy questions and getting to the root of it and just looking at things that are under our nose and drawing conclusions from things that go over most people's heads. But to him, his observing and his, his, his acute awareness of all the things that are going on that most of us reject or, or refuse to see, he's able to solve mysteries. So Baker Street with Tom Pollard. Baker Street, let's do this, right? And it, also, I love the song Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty. It would be a dream come true to somehow, some way, find the people who own the rights to that song. I know Jerry Rafferty passed many years ago, but how cool it would be to have that be the theme song. Instead, I have gone to places like the Free Music Archive to get my music. And right now, we're listening to a super cool live performance by the Garcia Birthday Band. Anybody who has ever listened to The Grateful Dead understands who Jerry Garcia was and is. And this band is a kick-ass tribute band to Garcia and the Dead. And this performance was recorded live at KBOO in Portland, Oregon 
for Grateful Dead and Friends by Garcia Birthday Band in December of 2016. Damn, such cool stuff. Free Music Archive. That was one of the really cool things about the Grateful Dead is that they would allow people to come to their concerts and record the concerts and share and trade those performances. So people, real deadheads could say, oh my God, Providence, Rhode Island, 79, and in May of 79, oh, looks like rain. It was one of the best looks like rain ever. Help on the way, Slipknot. Oh my God, you know, in Springfield Civic Center, 1977 in May, oh my gosh. So. They, people could go and record and they had sections devoted to it. So when you'd go to dead shows, there would be microphones stuck on the top of these tall tripod or light stands. You could see the microphones projected toward the stage. Really, really cool. One of the last times I saw the Grateful Dead was in Highgate, Vermont. And my partner and I, we went and sat in the recording area and the guy that we sat next to was really funny because he kept telling us to be quiet because we were screaming and yelling so much and I remember though sometime later that guy sent me a cassette of that performance it was in Highgate Vermont in 1991 and it was the last time I ever saw the Grateful Dead I'm not a deadhead but I really really love the groove and the vibe of that music and I think what people miss People who don't understand it or, or just said, oh, the Grateful Dead, you know, stuff like that, is you would go to these shows and there was this air of community and, and a gathering of people who were all light and there was this joy flowing and a, a free flow of kindness and generosity. And a lot of people I know who traveled with the dead, they would, they would go to a show without a... A ticket and somehow some way they would score a ticket through the generosity of someone who had a spare so that happened to me the first time I went and saw Dead and Company in at Fenway Park in Boston in 2015 and a buddy of mine who watches this podcast and listens to me frequently Otter you know who you are he gave me two passes, two tickets to the show, and it was one of the coolest things that has ever happened to me. So thank you, I will return the favor someday. Maybe you come up here and we'll sit around the fire pit and uh, stream live uh, Dead & Company show next summer when they're on tour. I am blabbing now, but uh, wanted to, I think what I'm going to do now is start sharing my hat, a uh, story behind each hat that I wear. Most of my podcasts, I've been wearing this. This is my Sundog logo that my brother created about 
25 or 30 years ago for a company that I had called Sundog Productions. And there, as I did not know at the time, there was a company in Los Angeles also called Sundog Productions. And I remember getting a cease and desist letter from their attorney saying I could no longer use the name Sundog Productions. I was pretty bummed. I, kept to, I got to keep the logo and then I applied this logo after I hadn't even looked at it in over a decade. And now I use the logo that my brother, who passed 14, 15 years ago, took his own life. I use this logo that represents my Everest and my speaking. So you'll find it on my website, eyesopenproductions.com and 29035.online which is uh, the, uh, a web URL that redirects to eyesopenproductions.com. I want to recommend a book before I get on to the topic of the podcast. This is a book by a buddy of mine. My buddy is Mark Sinnott. I was just on Everest with him. This is a book called The Impossible Climb, and it is about Alex Honnold's free solo of El Cap, and Mark was there to witness it and was part of the film called Free Solo. You can see him in it, I think most notably toward the end. But he wrote this epic book, The Personal History of Alex Honnold's Free Solo of El Capitan and a Climbing Life. So it tells a lot about Mark's life and some hilarious, in my mind, hilarious anecdotes of things he did when he was growing up and having spent two plus months with him overseas and on Mount Everest recently, he, he edited out some really, really good stories. Um, as I told my kids, I'll tell you everything after both of you turn 30. And because at 30, I figured they're not going to want to go out and do the stupid stuff that I did. But every once in a while, I find myself slipping. My kids are so cool and so chill. I just want to tell them all my stories of youth and debauchery and things like that but when they're 30 so we got 13 more years and I could tell them everything um, yeah so on we go uh, today I'm going to share with you a really cool performance by a friend of mine a guy that I grew up with talking about stories that we don't share every uh, with everybody but uh, this is a guy I grew up with he's seen me for better and for worse and we're still very very close friends one of my best friends of my entire life his name is Tim Gillis I want to share with you a story that Tim tells about running for his life and as a guy who grew up with his family and knew them really really well and spent a ton of time with his family um, the story touched me deeply and it's more about the love of a son for his dad and I think you're gonna enjoy it as well it's about six minutes long and um, yeah here's Tim have a listen When I was 15, I saw my father running for his life, and I did nothing to help him. But before I tell you that, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about my childhood, which was in many ways picture perfect. And when I talk about my childhood, I talk about age 5 to 10. And when I talk about that, I talk about Pennsylvania, where I live with my two brothers, my sister, two dogs, my mom, my dad. And for some reason, when I think of that time, all I can think of is sunny days, as if every single day was summer. 
And I was outside playing all day long. And it was perfect. That's what I remember. And then at night, I'd come home, and my, my brothers were there, my sister was there, my mom and my dad. And they're sipping their Manhattans, and they're so happy to see me. And what I remember about dinner is we used to laugh so much. And my dad was the guy who inspired so much of that laughter. He really did. And one of the things that he did that was one of the greatest things he brought to our house was this rule. If you ask for something to be passed at dinner, it would be. If you ask for a roll to be passed, boom, came right to you. Now, if you're an eight-year-old boy, this is magic. This is why every one of my friends wanted to be at my house, because it was the most fun place to be. And we wouldn't really laugh all night, but no one laughed more than my dad. He's sitting there sipping his Manhattan, keeping the stress of the work week away from the table. He was so happy. Now, my dad wasn't driven by many things, but he was driven by this. He was driven by taking care of his family, and he did it extremely well. He was a salesman by trade, and he did that so well that he was promoted to national sales manager of his company, which meant greater stress, more time away from his family, more, more money, no doubt, but also it meant that we would have to leave Pennsylvania and move to some place called Massachusetts, wherever that was. And there we were. Four kids, two dogs, mom and dad in a car, waving goodbye. And I can still remember my mom with her sunglasses on, reading a book or pretending to. She was crying. She just didn't want us to see. I mean, how painful it must be to leave perfection, paradise. To leave the home where your children grew up. Driven by the desire to do something better for your family. How hard it must have been for my dad. Because he really was the driving force of this. And he was the one we looked to, to smile the whole way, to tell us it would be okay. And it was okay for a while. Until it wasn't. Until the stress of work came home to that table. And there was no more laughter, no more rolls being thrown. And he exchanged the brown water of Manhattans for the cool, crisp efficiency of vodka. And he sat smoking his cigarettes. Because, see, this is what men do when they're stressed. Is they drink and they smoke and they sit quietly. And, and, and this man was my mountaintop. This man was the flag on my mountaintop. This is who I looked at to figure out where I existed in this world. And he had fallen. And now, so long after this, I sit with no small amount of shame, I might tell you. I hated the fact that he fell, that he was weak. Which brings me back to being 15 and seeing my father running for his life. You see, I was leaning against the family car. It was parked at the high school parking lot. My dad had made arrangements to drive me home that evening after soccer practice. And he had learned something from his doctors recently. They said, if you want to live through your 50s, You've got to do three things very quickly. Stop drinking, which he did with the help of AA. Stop smoking, which he did immediately. One pack a day to nothing. Cold turkey, never look back. And exercise. And so that's what I was watching. I was watching day one of exercise. I was watching my father run a quarter of a mile, absurdly dressed, long pants, long shirt, 
Each step was painful for him. One quarter of a mile. I had just been running for two hours. And here's this man working so hard to get back to this guard, to get back to me. And I did nothing. He was running for his life, and I could do nothing but be ashamed of him. If I knew then what I know now, how hard it is to be a father, if I knew then what I know now, how often I would fall if I knew then what I know now, that I would teach my own children to pass the rolls, to laugh at dinner, if I knew then what I know now. My father hadn't run a quarter of a mile. He'd been running his whole life, from his childhood, from Pennsylvania, always running back towards me. If I knew then what I know now, I would have said, I love you, Dad. I would have said, I'm proud of you, Dad. At the very least, I would have opened the car door and said, let's go home. Thank you. Thank you, Tim, for sharing that with me and letting me share that with Baker Street with Tom Pollard, the listeners and the viewers. Such a great story about a son's love for his dad, which is something I would imagine most of us can relate with, or at least it resonates in, in the, the desire to not have any regrets after our loved ones are gone, sharing our love with them day to day. So a uh, lesson for us all to listen to the, the truth of Tim's heart. So thank you again, and I'm gonna provide a link to that video in the liner notes of this podcast so it, you can share that with people if you're so inclined to watch it again. I also want to thank the Garcia Birthday Band, their music I found on the Free Music Archive. Their personal website, their band website is gbblive.com. You can go find out their tour schedule. They're based in the Pacific Northwest and they've got some upcoming shows check them out. Maybe I'll go check them out someday and do a podcast with them if they want to give me the time to do it. We're growing here one listener and viewer at a time and uh, I've got some really, really cool podcasts coming up. Some, I'm going to take a trip to Montana this uh, August and do an amazing interview there that you will love and also I'll be in Florida next week and doing an interview with a, a good friend of mine and a TV personality in his own right. So please come back, share this podcast with others. And if you want me to notify you and you're not already on my mailing list, go to eyesopenproductions.com, click contact in the upper right corner, send me an email, let me know how I can reach you and how I can send you updates. Don't worry, I won't pester you too much, probably once a week, if that, I'll send you uh, an early release of any podcast that is about to land and drop. So. Thanks again. Keep in touch. Keep your power. Do not give it away. Don't let politicians or, or negative newscasts drive you and agitate you and turn you into somebody that gives their power away to those people and those elements. We have the power to maintain our own state of mind and that can be happiness and if it comes from a place of love, the world is going to get better step by step through love 
not through agitation and negativity. Nobody can take away, nobody has the right to take away whatever it is that you're thinking and feeling inside. And the people who usually do it more than anyone else are ourselves. So take control, be positive, be forthright, be forward thinking, make this world a better place, and come and visit me and tell me your story. I wanna hear it. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. I love you guys, and I will see you real soon. If you're still here, please, I would love it if you checked out my Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash Everest Mystery and my YouTube channel, Everest Mystery. Check me out. And as always, leave comments and share your thoughts whenever you can and share it with friends who might be interested in hearing or listening or watching. Thanks so much.